Hello, friend, and welcome to the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, a speaker, and a best-selling author of the book, U-Turn. Get unstuck, discover your direction, and design your dream career. I wrote the U-Turn book and created this podcast to help you reconnect to who you truly are at your core. And that's why every single week, I bring you a guest on with the intention of helping you upgrade your confidence in work and in love. I'm also so excited to say that this episode has been sponsored in part by our friends over at Soul CBD. This is the only CBD company I have come to really trust with my wellness. They have zero THC, meaning you can't get high from their products. They're organically farmed and they're gluten-free. I love sleep and when I don't get it, I feel like my entire day, my entire week, my entire life is thrown off And during these times of stress, I started taking Soul CBD's Sleepy Gummy before bed, and I swear by them. Most nights, all I need is a half of a gummy, and these little babes have put my sleepless nights behind me with one delicious fruity bite. Their unique blend of CBD, CBN, and terpenes helps you fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer, and improve your overall quality of sleep. I always wake up refreshed. It's my my new bedtime besties. So our friends over at Soul CBD, I contacted them and I got a discount code for 15% off your order. Just head on over to ashleystall.com slash soul. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com slash S-O-U-L to access our special page with them. And don't forget to use the code U-Turn at checkout. That's Y-O-U. T-U-R-N. Now let's get into this week's episode. U-Turn friends, I have someone really special on the show and it's a guest that you absolutely love the first time around and I had to have him back. His name is Jamie Ray. His Instagram is at Jamie, J-A-M-I-E dot N dot R-E-A. And he's a transformation coach and he has a special flair when it comes to talking about relationships. The last episode we had on with him, he was just like spewing content. And full disclosure, today I'm in, I'm in bed in New York with COVID and I canceled all my interviews except this one with Jamie. I told my team, I'm like, nah, I don't want to move Jamie because he's just so full of information. And I just like, maybe it'll get me a little sunnier. So if I'm off my game a little bit, we all know Jamie's going to be on his game. And um, we are going to talk about healing your trauma, healing yourself and how love is the way um, in so many ways and what it really looks like to create a sacred union. Jamie, you are such a little unicorn, a, little, a big unicorn, really. Um, I'm so honored that you're here. Thanks for making the time. Thank you so much, Ashley, because I know you're in bed with COVID and, you know, obviously fighting to have energy. And like, I appreciate you so much for, you know, not canceling my my interview and uh, or moving it or whatever and have me on. So I will try to pick up the slack where COVID might be kind of weighing you down a little bit. But I'm so honored to be on here and kind of jam with you because I still remember how much fun it was the first time. So thank you so much for, for having me, Ashley. I know. I feel like last time, I can't remember exactly what was said, but you said something about how relationships are like farts. And all I remember is like <laughs> laughing my ass off from like, 
minute number one. So. Oh yeah, and then and then and then going through a breakup is constant diarrhea that you can't get rid of, and you just oh have to go God. to the you just have to go to the fucking doctor and get that shit checked out. <laughs> oh, speaking of COVID, uh, exactly. Okay. Speaking of diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of okay, so I have so much to ask you. Um, I want to kind of start off with kind of before we hit the record button, you were talking about how you've been in like a transformation portal. I feel like there's nothing quite like a pandemic and a whole life shift of working from home, people working alongside their partners, people realizing that they're single and they don't want to be vice versa. I mean, there's just so much that people have become viscerally aware of during this pod of time. So what have you learned and what can we impart for everyone listening, especially as it relates to yourself and your romantic relationships? Totally. And you know, I think the big thing is just like, even if I could just encapsulate in one fucking word would just be truth. Mm -hmm. So what's happening in like collective consciousness, and I don't want to get into really what's happening in the world, I kind of want to keep it on topic here, but it does relate where, you know, the world is going through a similar process that I think that we're all going through internally, which is ultimately what is what it is, is that karma is being revealed. And so what's karma? Karma is like stuck energy. Karma could be trauma, could be ancestral debris. So it's basically being brought to the surface. Mm-hmm. And what happens when karma is brought to the surface? We either fucking burn alive, which is what's happening. You know what I mean? With repetitive things happening in the world, or we find our heart in a deeper way than ever before. We basically have these two options. Cause what is, what is the divine realm? The divine realm is the heart space. Mm-hmm. Ultimately it is the potent heart space. We basically have this, opportunity to find deeper truth. And I think for the people who are, you know, light workers who are, you know, sensitive in their bodies, which I am, um, people who I guess just for whatever reason are supposed to come awake in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. They can't fucking ignore what's happening. Yeah. And it basically starts off as this, what I feel like this big psychological mind fuck where you're like, what is happening? And so it's complete disorientation. Right. And what's happening in a disorientation is that we're trying to like literally up level a frequency, but it's a frequency that a, we don't know. And B we can't hold and C that we don't really know the way. And so I feel that what's happening with everyone is that we're being asked to rise in a way that we never have, which ultimately means just like, you know, looking at your shit, like, is this the right relationship that I'm in? Mm -hmm. Um, How am I with my health? you know, um, where am I repressed in my desires? And so it's this big collective call to truth that we're going through. And for me, um, my process with the pandemic has been just this experience, whether I fucking wanted it or not, we're, Jamie, we're going to make you meet your maker. We're going to make you go all the way and scrape the fucking root so you can rise. And, mm. you know, always the level of descent that we go through is proportional to the level of ascent that is coming on the other end. And so we're very much in this this karma being revealed. Deal with your shit. So this yeah. very cocoon, this very cocoon energy, and the way we need to create a new pathway within all of our bodies to now awaken and find more of this divine space coming out of it. But it's pretty crazy how what's happening in the world is mirroring. I think what a lot of people are experiencing internally in kind of one form or another. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. Is like you know, one of the number one coping mechanisms for discomfort with yourself is being really busy and having a full calendar. And totally. a lot of the, and you know, we also live in the era of digital nomads before everyone was working. Right. There was, I think a fine line between a group of people who 
were truly just expressing themselves, traveling. And then there is a group that was running away. And I think for a while I was in that group, you know, if I had right. a breakup, I'd, you'd find me in Paris or, you know, just, just running away. And obviously there's a lot of privilege to that. And, um, yeah, yeah. being busy in your, wherever you live is another way of running away. So I think nothing quite like having to stay at home without social plans to make the truth really loud. And the amount of silence that we probably experienced at home was probably deafening. And so even right. though things are coming back to some semblance of whatever the new normal is, I think people are, are hearing the echo of these right. things that they learn in that cocoon, like you said, and I know one topic you speak a lot about is feminine, masculine energy. How yeah. does this topic play into this transformation cocoon that you've been in? Because I know our listeners love that. To I love that topic. Yeah, and I feel like you have such question. good things to say about it. Yeah. And I just want to touch on just, you know, I, I love just what you said there quick before I go into that, just how you use the word home. And I think ultimately what you know, as you talked about the pandemic and what this represents internally, it's it's in the sim its simplest form, it's go home. <laughs> Everyone is being asked to go home. And what is going home? That is, okay, maybe physically go home, but you have to ultimately go home to yourself. And that means go, I have this theory that God are babies and we're all trying to get back there because they're so pure, so of joy, this, this innocence of spirit. And we're all trying to get back to some semblance of that innocence of spirit. And so when we say go home, you know, as you talked about, I'm busy all the time. Maybe it's someone where like, I need to have the perfect body and I need to have the perfect face. So vanity is a protective mechanism that ultimately what it's doing is protecting the heart. Yeah. So I think what's happening with everyone in terms of go home is we're experiencing a death. We're having to let the protective guards around the heart die in a very visceral way so that we can be born more true to ourselves. And so, you know, all awakenings, all life goes in deaths and births. Yeah. And we're in like the biggest collective death that we've ever experienced. So yeah. everyone's going to be dealing with death at that level. And, you know, how that relates to masculine feminine energy is like, for me, it's been, you know, dealing with my stuff around the feminine. So I've done a lot of like cutting cords with like feminine entanglement with, you know, even just in my body, you know, cords that are still cut to my mom, you know what right. I mean? Different dependency things, even just in my body. And so, you know, 80% of us is obviously David data says is that we either have a masculine or a feminine, you know, core sexual essence. Mm -hmm. And I use this term a lot source essence. And so that is our ultimate power. And we're ultimately trying to get back to our source essence, right? How do we get back to our source essence? We have to die. Mm -hmm. We have to viscerally die in so many ways. And I think for men and women, it's the exact same thing. It's all about surrender and letting go. It's mm -hmm. all about surrender and letting go so we can find reality. In reality, we find our source essence and 80% of the population is you know, most likely going to have a masculine or feminine. So for me, it's been the process of dying so many deaths, ultimately where I could put my grief in my balls. Yeah. So as I've <laughs> died this death, I've taken this descent, but energetically energy wants to you know, come down through the head, you know, release out through the base of the spine and kind of our feet and put us into the earth to kind of ground mm. us. As it kind of grounds us, we now rise. So that's how ascension works. We got to descend and then we ascend. And so I've experienced this process of basically taking so much cerebral energy that I feel coming down, passing through the heart, moving into my balls, moving into kind of my pelvic, you know, the power center. And so now the divine becomes this combination of the genitals and the heart space. So it's like the, so it's like the power of the genitals and it's kind of the, 
way of looking at the world through the heart space. So that kind of combination. And so it's all of us. It's about what is our source essence? What is, where do we feel the most powerful? And it's basically about like figuring out what that is. And so for me, dying all those deaths has led me into more of my masculine kind of untangling from the feminine. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all dealing with that in, in some way right now. You know, I I love what you're sharing because, um, for me, having a background in career coaching and, um, speaking on stages about intuition and fulfillment, I love personality tests, but what I found is that if you're in a lot of your own trauma that you haven't worked through yet, which there's always more work to do. Um, oh my gosh, I'm noticing with my COVID, I'm like, do I sound like the clear eyes guy where I'm like, (laughs) We you have so much work to do on ourselves. No, but seriously. You, <laughs> um, you sound perfect, don't worry. Thanks, dude. So I was noticing that, you know, personality tests right. sometimes really get skewed because we're not yeah. in who we truly are. And so even looking at masculine, feminine, I noticed for a long time that my default setting was masculine energy. It was a lot of doing. Of it was a lot of execution. It was a lot of moving forward. And I didn't realize until... Um, I did a lot of healing work that that was just a trauma response to mm-hmm. my upbringing. And obviously I had a beautiful childhood in a lot of ways, but um, there are some areas where I really had a belief that I needed to activate, that everything was on, on me to handle. And the more that I've come into my own as an adult into my mid thirties, the more I've really discovered my natural default as being feminine energy. Mm. And it's been really beautiful, especially in the dating category. Like I'm attracting different types of people that I would have before because I'm not leading and pushing so much anymore. And it's been so nourishing for me. So anyone, I think, you know, your message is really strong around life, death, life. That's um, something that I know Clarissa Estes writes about in Women Who Run With Wolves. We also had um, Emily Fletcher from Ziva Meditation on the show. She talks about creation, maintenance, and destruction being the rhythm of life. Like you're either creating, maintaining, or destroying and going back into creation. So I love what you're echoing there. Um, Okay. So you've done a lot of trauma healing work. What, What are some of the biggest things you've learned? Um, first of all, I just want to say that, like, I love what you were saying there about the creationist kind of energy, because mm-hmm. I think that's so important because if we're thinking about masculine feminine energy, where I say, like, I have like a core masculine essence, right? Where am I going to be in my potency and my power when I'm living more in my masculine and not just like, oh, I go to a fucking men's group and I fucking cold plunge and I can do fucking hard things. I'm a man, but energetically, energetically, emotionally in a way where the energy is rooted in my body in such a way. And now when you're in that energy and for you, when you're in your feminine, you have the capacity to create. And that's where life is going to respond to you in a way that you've never experienced because now you're in your power, your potency and like the angels and gods, like you're fucking working with me now. And Mm -hmm. how do we get into a creationist energy? We have to come to reality, Mm -hmm. right? And what is reality? Reality is where, because most people recreate. That's That's where most suffering is. Most people are recreating a life. Most people are recreating a relationship. What it means is ultimately we're recreating through the threshold response and threat responses of the body that aligns our life accordingly, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we usually create a relationship that is a level of intimacy that is pretty on par in a lot of ways with our parents or right. you know our grandparents, right? Because we're recreating from the, the imprints in our body. Right. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, when we come to reality, what we're doing is we're removing a lot of the heavy dose charges of our ancestors, of things that we experienced when we were young. So now we can come to reality 
And now life is like a blank canvas. Right. Now, relationship, now relationships are like, holy fuck, I've never created this relationship before. I'm in completely unprecedented territory with myself, uh, in my life, in my relationship. And that's ultimately, I think, where we know, um, you know, kind of coming to your question about trauma is like, what have I learned? It's brought me into who the fuck am I? In 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 a in a powerful sense, so like I can't totally so your self concept is totally changing because mm-hmm. now you're removing so many of these charges, so many of these imprints where you're like, holy shit, like I can create whatever I want. Yes, and now you've essentially like broken down the ceiling on your life, and I think so many people like what stands in the way is their trauma or their repressed material, where there's so much holding in the body they can never activate their potential, mm-hmm. and even if even if their potential came, even if the fucking woman of the dreams or, or the man of their dreams came, they probably wouldn't be able to hold that relationship because mm-hmm. they have too much material in the body that is essentially, you know, going to show this relationship as a threat in some form or this, I won't be able to hold this much joy. So as mm-hmm. we begin to excavate trauma and ancestral material, what we're doing is we're excavating the channel, the chakra system, so that we're totally clear. Mm-hmm. We're totally clear between you know, kind of our root chakra and our crown chakra. And now we're both grounded and unleashed simultaneously. And I think our capacity to have everything we want in life is our capacity to stay rooted to the ground and have our head in the stars in equal simultaneous fashion. And I think a lot of the times people are more connected to one or the other, we're either really rooted and we lack maybe some magic or we lack some you know, believing in, you know, doesn't necessarily have to be higher powers, but just kind of magic. And then there's some people who are very airy fairy, a lot of spiritual types who are always about ascending, ascending, but they haven't gone home. They haven't put their fucking feet in the ground. And so my trauma journey has been this process of grounding yourself, coming home for the very first time, while simultaneously unleashing yourself more than you ever have. And now becoming a blank canvas where you enter reality and you can create whatever you fucking want without the kind of imprint or interference of a lot of the energy and imprints that I inherited coming into this world. Oof, you are sharing some seriously awesome shit. Okay, so everybody who's <laughs> listening, um, my interpretation of what I'm hearing from you, Jamie, is, is that our comfort zone that we got when we were young, our imprint, our, our experience, our energy. One thing uh, we had an episode, I think it was episode 76, this woman, Tatiana, who's epic. uh, And you would find her interesting, Jamie. And she talks about nest energy is her term. Right. Okay. We get from our nest and it's Mm -hmm. so unconscious a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So if you ask yourself, what was my nest energy? What, what, what kind of environment did I grow up around in my environment? There's a lot of love and a lot of instability. My dad, every single Mm -hmm. night was worried we were going to lose our home. So instability Mm -hmm. became a very comfortable set point for me. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that as an adult, I would use money um, spending a lot or not watching my expenses as a way to keep that instability alive. And what's mm. so weird is that consciously I was like, I'm an entrepreneur who's succeeding right now. I don't need to use mm. this to my, uh, to my detriment. Uh, but 
unconsciously, that imprint of my upbringing, that imprint of that instability was so powerful, so strong that I kept weaponizing money against myself. I kept Mm -hmm. using money as a way in my business. I would overinvest in it in the past, you know, putting too much into big projects and not leave enough for me or or whatever have you just to keep Mm -hmm. that instability alive. And it wasn't until I got aware of my nest energy, aware of that imprint so Mm -hmm. deeply that I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm sick of this. And I think that um, a lot of us, you you know, you made a good point. We can't really hold these things that we want, our our emotions, our body, our lives, ourselves. We can't hold the things we want when we're distracted by a bunch of trauma and a bunch of imprinting that we haven't cleared out. And so I love what you're sharing there. Um, Okay. So what are some ways that people can start to look at what is that imprint for them? Because I know for me, um, one pattern I had was when I looked at my spending, A, I would overinvest in my business. This was a while back. B, I would invest too much in my appearance. Like I look back and I'm like, I love shopping. I love like skincare. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I am buying beauty so that I can Mm -hmm. be enough. Um, And it is keeping me in this instability. So Um, I think there's so many different things we all do to keep our nest energy alive. Um, What are some ways we can help everybody take a look at theirs? Yeah. So even as you're talking, you know, it feels very, and and I think a lot of people can relate to come from, and I can relate to my story in a different way than you, but it's very root chakra energy. So like, you know, what's the root chakra? It's our, it's our connection to the land. It's kind of what we come into the world with. It's our overall safety, right? It's, you know, because obviously, you know, our root chakra kind of leads to putting us in the earth, right? And so a lot of the time, you know, we can, it's about, you know, finding like, where do we want to live? But also it's about what did we come into the world with and what was our overall safety that we inherited? And I've had to do a lot of work around this because I was like, always that person who felt ungrounded. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, I had all this fucking expression and shit, <laughs> but I had a lot of this nervous energy and I wasn't able to kind of put myself in the ground. And, you know, for me, I had to work through like a lot of different womb trauma and a lot of things that happened early on that I inherited that basically created me having an overactivated root chakra. But, you know, obviously sabotage is going to be coming from the unconscious space. So how, what's the best way to deal with sabotage? It's to learn the story of the unconscious, right? So our body is God, our body's a time machine. What is, what is enlightenment? What is expanding consciousness? It's bridging the gap between the conscious and unconscious realms. That's why healing becomes so potent when we're working in the body and the conscious mind begins to understand something super deep in the unconscious space and it makes a connection. Now what happens is that human has a magical orchestration of healing where they expand and they move into greater wholeness. And what happens is they come more into unison with themselves. So sabotage does not run the gauntlet as much. They are able to hold what they want, right? And so it's sabotage and it's beginning to learn the unconscious realm. What's the story of my body, right? And most people have a war with their body, which is a war with the story that created them, which is a war with the story of the unconscious. What's going to happen? That's going to create further compartmentalization. That's going to create further disconnection. That's going to sever our body. That's going to sever our genitals. That's going to sever our heart. So it's basically about approaching the body with two things. I always think of it as two things um, and they're masculine, feminine energy things. So it's compassion and nurturing. That's very feminine energy. That's very mother energy. So you could have something come in, say like, 
like why I'm wanting to move here. Why is my body bracing? So we respond, we respond to our body with very much that nurturing mother energy with compassion. It's totally okay that you're responding in this way. I understand you're safe to be in your experience. I hear you. I see you. I love you. Kind of that sense of compassion. Mm-hmm. And then now we approach it with a little bit of masculine energy, which is what is the ultimate goal of masculine energy? It's, it's guidance. Mm-hmm. So where do we want to guide the unconscious to go? Mm-hmm. So now we have meeting ourselves and our story and through the, the you know, more linear kind of masculine energy beginning to guide the body in the direction that we want, meaning I want to go here. I know you're scared. I'm going to meet you right where you are but we're still going to go here. So that's Mm -hmm. how you work with sabotage. You're meeting yourself right where you are, right in the fucking heart of your story. You're meeting yourself with an open heart, but then you're not allowing that to run your life. You're Mm -hmm. saying, we're still going to go here. Mm -hmm. And so now what you're doing is you're reparenting yourself in a way from both roles, from from a mom and a dad, from the masculine and the feminine energy. And that's going to create more wholeness in ourselves. And now our entire life begins to expand. And I think what happens is people expand, but the unconscious story stays the same. So they wonder why their expansion or their flights to ascension. I'm going to do more fucking plant medicine. I'm going to go higher. Uh But it's like, have you you fucking dealt with the unconscious story? Why is it you go into a relationship and still have fucking shit relationships every time? Mm -hmm. It's because there's a story in the unconscious that wants to live and be heard and be integrated to the conscious mind. And once those two worlds begin to collide, Mm. the divine pathway, the divine frequency begins to come and we ground ourselves and we fly at the same time. But it's about the bridging of the unconscious and the conscious spaces. Mm. Okay. So you just shared so much. First of all, what you're reminding me about when you talk about sabotage is like Brene Brown's work. Like I failed, but I'm not a failure. So it's like not identifying with these parts of you, knowing that they they just exist. It's almost like your body is the sky and these experiences are like weather coming through right. and they're not you. They're just experiences. So love that. I have well, to, like, okay. like, 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 like often, sorry, like often it's yeah, just because we're even, we're even perceiving a threat, right? So like, yeah. why is there you know, we're sabotaging because the body's perceiving a threat. It might be a really positive thing, but we're perceiving a threat in the sense that the body can't hold it, right? And the body's going to do everything it can to protect us and keep us within what it can hold, right? That's why we'll never get anything we can't hold, but the body's doing everything it can to protect us because it perceives, even if it might seem irrational, it was, it was rational at one time, going to that space is a threat. And that's why we sabotage to ultimately try and keep ourselves safe, even if it's not actually keeping ourselves safe anymore. Well, that's the thing about sabotage and self-fulfilling prophecies is that when you're afraid of something, usually it changes how you behave. And then the way you act is so different that you actually create the thing you're afraid of. Like, um, you know, when you're afraid that you're going to lose something, so you put it in a special spot, but it's such a special freaking spot. You can't remember where you put it. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like you lost the thing. Um, Okay. So one thing you're talking about a lot um, well, I want to address one thing and then I have another question. So sure. talk about being ungrounded and I totally relate to that. You talk about anxious energy. Um, yeah. a lot of the times I think anxious energy is a trauma response. I mean, what, what the hell isn't a trauma response in this life? But, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. one of the things that I noticed about myself in my twenties that I don't necessarily yeah. have so much as now is that I had so much anxiety that number one, I wasn't comfortable with a pause with a silence. Mm. So if I was dating or getting to know someone, or I had a new friend or a business deal, I couldn't allow 
a pause and there's this masculine mm. energy in me of wanting to lead the conversation and make sure it was mm. happening because there's a lack of trust and comfort with my feminine energy that I could just sit mm. there in a silence. And as a result, I became very performative. Um, and there was, yeah. it, it wasn't like I was inauthentic. It was just a version of me that was always performing and kind of doing like oh. a monkey dance. So I just wanted to name that for anyone who's listening right now, who kind of feels like maybe you're leading with a lot of masculine energy in your relationships or in your life that you want to watch out for being super performative because you're not building a relationship with someone, whether it's a friend or a romantic partner or in business based on your true soul. And eventually you get exhausted if you're performing all the time and trying to fill those awkward silences or avoid them with yourself and uh, being entertaining, being amusing, whatever. And so I really get what you're talking about there, Jamie. Yeah. The other thing I want to ask you about, okay, what is it? Okay. I know that this is a real thing, but all right. the spiritual people I know, and I like to think mm -hmm. that I'm like into spirituality, but not all the way, but totally into it is everybody talks about their genitals. Okay. So Jamie, can you right. explain what is this reference with your balls? <laughs> what is everybody talking about their yoni? What is this yeah. about? Um, can you bring it down to the basics for us? Totally. Well, it's, it, it, it's your power center, right? If we're going to talk like, you know, feminine energy, it's in your womb, right? If we're going to talk masculine energy, it's in your balls. And like, you know, it's this idea where the more that I integrate in my masculine, I literally have more energy rooted in the pelvis and the legs, like very viscerally more energy rooted down there. And so ultimately, that's why I see a human being being in their divine power is the connection between the heart and the gender. Mm -hmm. The connection between the heart and the genitals. It means that we've opened up all the guards to our heart and we've opened up the genitals in a way where we're ultimately allowing our power to be seen. You know, mm -hmm. and when I say the genitals, it's very much ultimately what I see the genitals as is our power, our potency, but it's also our desire. Mm -hmm. It's allowing our desire to be seen. Mm -hmm. It's our allowing our desire to be totally out there in the world. I am in my full desires. I am claiming, and, and what's our desires? It means I'm fucking claiming the life that I want. Mm -hmm. I want to live here. I want to do this. I want to make money. I want to be in a great relationship. I deserve good things. When we're in our desire, we tell ourselves that I'm someone who deserves joy, right? Mm -hmm. When we're in our desire, we're, we're in our joy. And so when we're in our genitals, you know, and we're connected to those parts, we're connected to our desire. And mm -hmm. it's very much we're connected to our source essence energy which is often masculine or, fe or feminine, right? And so it's this death and this process of surrender where we ultimately need to die the deaths of all the protective guards as you talk about the overdoing, all these things. That death is where you find the pussy. That mm -hmm. death is where you find your balls. You know what I mean? Yeah. That death of all those protective guards is where you find your truth. It's mm -hmm. where you find your power. And so I really like to think of it like this, like, you know, when we're in the bedroom and we're in our total power sexually, right? Mm -hmm. But our heart is also open. So we're essentially in sexual power combined with emotional open heart. Mm -hmm. That is when we're in, in the divine pathway in our body, mm -hmm. the merging of those two spaces, right? And often people will compartmentalize, you know, they'll open their heart, but they'll be shut down sexually or they'll be open sexually, but shut down their heart, right? Yeah. And so there's guards in both areas. But as we remove the guards and kind of deal with trauma in both those areas and open up those places and now connect them through the spine, you know, as energy can move freely up the spine. Now we're literally summoning the angels and the gods because we're connected to all our power centers. Now our power is through the heart. That's 
the that's a man that is the safest man, a man who's connected to his sexual power, but has done all the work to open up the guards that protected his heart. Because now he's in his power, but in a way that promotes the power of the feminine. Because he's not threatened by her power, that he wants her to rise because he's he already has his power. He doesn't need to go claim it from other people. He wants other people to rise mm -hmm. and other people can respond to the safety that he created with themselves. And so it's, it's you know, the pelvis and the genitals, it's our relationship to desire. Mm -hmm. And it's about unlocking our absolute greatest desire to essentially be connected to that area. Love this. Okay. So this is like so fun that you were able to kind of tell me about this because I like every expert I hear, they're like, I feel it in my yoni. And I'm like, what is this? Oh, yeah. The, the pussy whisper, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I <laughs> you, you, well, like that's where abundance comes comes yeah. from, you know? Well, I guess you want a boyfriend? He's in my pussy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I guess it's different. Like if you have a penis, it's like, follow your erection. The power is down there. But with women, I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Back to my questions about relationships. Okay. And, <laughs> and also speaking of trauma, I'm reading a book right now for my book club called scared sick. And yeah. it's, it, there's no storyline in the book. It's all data. So it's like, there's no yeah. fat. It's like all protein. So with COVID, I can hardly read it because my brain is just <laughs> fall off, yeah. but it really shows how if you've had certain trauma as a kid, anxiety, whatever, yeah. um, you you walk around the world with less cortisol. Um, yeah. And it shows how you get adrenal fatigue at a young age and how mm. you're, you're literally deficient certain chemical nourishment biologically yeah. in your body. Um, and so that trauma um, causes that deficiency and causes yeah. you to operate differently when you're not in balance. Totally. With those things. So anyway, really interesting stuff. Okay. I want to ask you more about sacred union. I know you're in um, a divine relationship and you've done a lot of healing work. Um, and I, I love the idea of being in a relationship where you can have everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I've not yet found that. I feel like I've had yeah. beautiful things in my partnerships yeah. and I don't think I'm a perfectionist. I think I just really get that like I want to find that person I truly want to spend my full life with that can really get totally. the spectrum of me and I've gotten close but not chosen the person yet and so what how, how do you create that do you believe that it's finding the quote-unquote white person I know a lot of people are like it's not about finding the one it's about being the one but mm -hmm. then I'm like is it both so talk to me about what you think there well you know that's a, that's a, you know, kind of a cheesy, you know, catchphrase of being the one, but it is fucking true. You know what I mean? And, and what I'm going to talk about, I guess, is more of like an in-depth look at that. But ultimately that is the path. Like, you know, what prepares you for quote unquote, a divine union. And you're seeing a lot of these types of relationships and divine babies that were fucking birthed from the crown chakra. Like all of a sudden we were having sex and a baby came from the top of my head. You know what I mean? We're going to see a lot of shit, you know, it's just a joke, but we're going to see like a lot of shit like this happening and it's because what's happening in the world we're at this point where it's it's karmic intervention karma is being revealed and you know so we're having to look at our own relationship to karma our own relationship to stuck energy and if our divine relationship hasn't come it's probably because we're still dealing with karma to some degree which is totally totally fine the angels come the gods come the divine comes when it usually takes a bold move in pattern interruption of our karma. 
mm-hmm. usually takes a bold move and pattern interruption of our karma to put us on the divine path. And so, you know, it is about attracting the right person, but what is it about attracting the right person? It's about being at a level or point in your healing or your soul path where you're prepared and ready for that type of relationship, where you're ready to ascend ultimately, right? And because like a divine relationship is a deeply soul relationship. You could say it's a soul relationship where your souls would find one another in any lifetime because it's so, you know, you're here to help each other ascend through this deep, deep soul relationship. And so, you know, it's about our relationship to karma, right? And, you know, it takes a bold leap of faith in interrupting the patterns of our karma and stepping onto that divine path. And it doesn't require us to be like wholly embodied on that path yet, but we need to be on the path. And I'm going to bring it back to something that I related earlier to kind of try to ground this for people. It's this energy of wings and feet. Mm-hmm. It's this energy of grounded and unleashed. How mm-hmm. do you have a relationship that has everything where mm-hmm. you want to fuck each other you know, in the bathroom when you want to finger blast her in an alleyway where you want to, <laughs> where, where you're so madly in love and you're, there's so much emotional safety and, you know, where you can talk for hours in the morning and you're spiritually connected and you have fun together and you have similar sense of humor, like a relationship where you have everything is our ability to hold everything within ourselves. Yeah. Our, our relationship to our desire It's two words, safety and desire. The safety that we have with our own desires is going to be proportional to the level of satisfaction that we're going to have in the relationship that we're in. So how much safety do we create with our own desires? It's our ability to root energy, root chakra, earth, grounding, going home, dealing with core root trauma to then be able to unleash ourselves, to believe in magic, right? And again, most people usually fall one way or the other. They're more grounded or they're more unleashed mm-hmm. when both can exist in simultaneous motion. And this re- usually requires men and women to be both connected to masculine and feminine energy within themselves. Both those things, poetic alchemy connected to both those things. Now we're living in harmony and balance with ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're essentially grounding ourselves. We're our own anchor, mm-hmm. which helps with things like codependency. And, you know, we're, we're self-sufficient, all those things. But we actually believe in magic. We believe that we can have everything. And so our ability to have everything in relationship is our ability to hold everything within ourselves. Yeah. And like I said earlier, like a lot of times people are like, where's my king? Where's my queen? You know yeah. what I mean? I'm yeah. doing all this fucking work. And where's my king? Where's my queen? And <laughs> I'll bet you that person probably couldn't hold it if that person were to actually show up. Because it's not so much, you know, the person's not coming. It's that you probably couldn't hold the relationship if it was there, and that comes back to the sabotage, to the yeah. unconscious space. So the merging of the unconscious conscious, the alchemy of masculine, feminine energy, but being more in your true energy, of whether that's feminine or masculine, which again is the genitals, which again is our power center, and then being able to have wings and feet, to be grounded and unleashed in ourself is mm-hmm. going to determine our results relationally. You know, I love you talking about capacity because I don't think it's spoken about enough. Like when people, first of all, I have to say like the term king or queen, I love that term when it comes to relationships, like looking for my king. Cause I get like a prince or a princess is kind of like damsel energy, like save yeah. me, but a king or queen. It's like, nobody waits. The king or queen doesn't wonder if people want to hear them talk. They just speak. And right. the they I love the idea. The fucking room. 
I love them, except I've been watching 90 Day Fiance and they all call each other oh, king and queen and they've been like, oh God. And it just ruined everything. But anyway, I love talking about capacity because I have learned that that yeah. is such a key for being ready for something, for someone, totally. whether it's in yeah. love, whether it's in business, it's about capacity. So the question becomes, how do you yeah. have capacity? Well, it's not a game of, you know, like your iPhone needs more space. So you buy space on the cloud. It's yeah. a game of cleaning out what you don't need going on inside of you. Totally. So it's like, if you have a lot of limitations, if you have a lot of stories and rules that you're playing by that don't have to be there, those are taking away from your capacity to live your life and to be you. So it's like clearing out that trauma, opening up your capacity for yourself, giving yourself permission to be who you are, giving yourself permission to get in tune with what do you actually want? Really amazing. Um, Okay. I feel like I could talk to you forever. You're probably gonna have to come on the show again at some point. Um, Have I not asked you, like, what do you have to say for everybody before we go? Or what What, do we need to cover before we go? If anything, otherwise, I love what you said there. I just want to touch on that quickly. Just you talked about capacity, right? And like, what is capacity? And like, you know, these have capacity is unwinding, right? And like, what is what is unwinding? You know, it's not like, as you say, it's not this very distinct linear process. So people are like, what the fuck do I do? Like, how do I do it, Jamie? Like, I want to fucking unwind. And it's like the messiest, most confusing, most like who the fuck really knows kind of process. But it's ultimately like letting go. And it is surrender. I know people like, I fucking hate the word surrender. Everyone's like, surrender, surrender. And it's like, what the fuck does that mean? And like, what it means is creating enough safety in the, in the body to emotionally excavate the material that is in coordination relationship to the stories that we hold on to, mm-hmm. right? And so we hold on to these stories that are gridlocked with, with uh, stuck energy, stuck karma, stuck um, trauma in the body, right? And we hold on to these stories because um, you know, they, we use them to protect us at a certain point and we're not ready to let go. And so unwinding is letting go means letting go of those stories, but releasing the emotions that are connected to those stories so that we can find reality. Mm-hmm. And that's the process of finding reality is unwinding, letting go. And it's always our capacity to come into reality. And I think, you know, um, you asked like something we talk about, like what I think makes really successful couples. Um, one thing that I just learned through my failures and through, you know, having some success in this relationship now is it's our relationship to reality, mm-hmm. right? And so many of us are living in stories. We're living in unconscious expectations that we're living, we're living in the undiagnosed story of the body, mm-hmm. right? We're living undiagnosed, hijacked and sabotaged by the story of the body. And so a couple, the divine couple is their capacity to live in reality. Because what are you doing in reality? You're creating it's yeah. very simple. Like it's very simple. Like you're in a relationship and you're supposed to go to Ireland, COVID hits, you can't go there anymore. How, and you have to like, you know, reorchestrate your plans. How do you as a couple adapt? How do you adapt to a new plan and create something new and our capacity? I didn't even plan for this to, to relate to this, but our capacity is about our adaptability to shift in our nervous system means our capacity is our ability to die and be born in simultaneous fashion. That's our capacity to feel grief and then sprout to joy. And that's our ability to live in reality because something dies, but we recreate. We're able to move. We're more flexible. And you know, when you're in a relationship, things never go your way. That's why you never really know what you have in a relationship until things don't go your way. Oh when my everything's God. You, you have no fucking idea what you have in your in your coupledom until you face extreme adversity 
someone goes through extreme trauma where you kind of lose your partner, where, where yeah. things don't go your way. Yes. Right. And then comes in your adaptability, your ability mm -hmm. to move and your flexibility. But what happens is people haven't dealt with so much of the charges of their past or this karma. Mm -hmm. And so they hold on to these things. And so they don't have that adaptability in their systems to create. Yeah. And again, our, our capacity to create is masculine, feminine. What do I want to fucking create? How do I work with the world? How do I fucking work with the universe? How do I how do I create from a blank canvas? That's where we become potent. Like divine energy is creationist energy. It's when I'm creating something constantly. So how do you get back in that space of creating? And that is completely dependent on our relationship to our own capacity and our nervous system. I love what you're sharing. And you know, something I realized in the same vein about like, you really don't know what you have in your relationship until like shit hits the fan for life. No idea. Yeah. It's the same with your relationship with yourself. Like you don't really know how yes. much self-love you have until yes. you have to fucking love yourself because yes. people are like, you know, if you're like, you know, getting awards, doing well at work, you got a good partnership, yeah. da, 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 whatever life is right. going well. You kind of are like, yeah, yeah, I love myself, but it's not until like, you know, it's what is that thing that Warren Buffett said about finance and investing? He said like, you know, it's not until a tide comes in that you, you find out right. without swim trunks on. It's yeah. like, it's like, it's not until a tide comes in that we're all kind of swimming and like, oh shoot, who loves yourself and who doesn't? It's not until right. she man, that you're really challenged that forget your relationship just with yourself. You're Completely. like, do I even love myself? Like you don't really learn to love yourself until you kind of have to, um, right. you know, and so like, actually I love what you're saying there. And, and like, it directly relates to, you don't learn your relationship to yourself, or you don't really truly learn the process of how to learn your, love yourself until you experience a death in the area that you most use to protect yourself Yeah. for some, some one is vanity. Mm -hmm. um, people need to look a certain way. So say you go through an experience, you gain a bunch of weight mm -hmm. or you go through an accident, you lose your face. Now you're really coming up to your own true worthiness. You could be someone who loves to overdo. What happens where you go through a health crisis and you can't work all of a sudden? And the thing that all your value is about working and doing and achieving, and I have all these different businesses and these things, when that dies, who am I? And so now that, now that is what we call divine initiation. Yeah. Because you're being asked to find your worth below the guards, right? And so so that's where a relationship, a divine relationship is that same kind of mirroring concept where it's it's a relationship beyond form. It's so much soul. And so we enter our own divine frequency or our divine pathway, or we really, you know, deal with our karma when we experience a death in the areas that we use to protect our heart, even our genitals. And when we use to protect those things when we don't have it anymore and we have to meet ourselves, that's where we heal the worthiness wound. And that's where our true spirit, our true spirit becomes an offering. Now we can actually give and receive love in the way that we've always wanted to give it. Now our powers are spirit. That frequency, that energy is where you step into your dharma. That energy in relationships is where you have an energy that's a divine couple that has this radiant light around them because it's beyond form. It's bigger than form because we've died in the things that have brought us to this place where spirit is limitless. Mm. Okay, guys. Well, I mean, listen to your genitals, heal, heal your trauma. <laughs> and what oh, yeah. was the term you find someone you want to finger slam in an alleyway? Like, Jamie, you're such a treat. I literally can never <laughs> get enough of you. This is why you're on the calendar today. You're such a gift for everyone. Where mm. can everybody find you? Yeah. So the best place, honestly, just 
Instagram is the best place where they can kind of get a little taster and be like, do I like this guy or does he say fuck too much? Do I not <laughs> like him? So get a little kind of appetizer of me on, <laughs> on Instagram. That's the best place to kind of start with little appetizer, Jamie. Um, yeah, I feel like I this was a full course. Like we didn't, we skipped yeah, yeah, the appetizer. Right. Like I, I feel like we had fucking dessert and everything. I have indigestion now and you have COVID. So <laughs> I want to, I want to thank you for showing up even with COVID and, and being uh. able to pull through and still holding a great space. And um, it was a pleasure as always. And um, so much. thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for tuning into the U-Turn podcast. And thank you again so much for our sponsors. We are here because of you and to our listeners. Thank you for checking out our sponsors. We always pick people and brands that we trust and we believe in. And just for listening to the show, writing your reviews on the Apple app, and just being willing to make your own U-Turns. We'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.